Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Theater Forks podcast, where everything is made up and the points don't matter. Jeremiah and I have been watching so much Whose Line Is It Anyway, I've been sitting on that for weeks. Uh, that is such an excellent show. But th- welcome to our very first mini-episode. This is the Tony Awards special. Woo! Yay! Tony, have- Tony, Tony! <gasps> we have Tony Awards to talk about. So yes. uh, last week, the nominations were announced for the 2020 Tony Awards, and we're going to go over some highlights and talk about what we think is going to win. Yeah. I mean, if you'll remember, the Tony Awards Instagram page is officially a friend of the pod. Oh, yes. Friend of the pod, the Tony Awards. The Tony Awards. So we figured we'd <laughs> shared, give them a nod. Shared our story, and now they are friends of the pod. Bye. Giving <laughs> our opinions. You're welcome, Tony Awards. So... A short season, obviously. Right. Um, the Tony committee decided that the cutoff was February 19th for shows to have opened. So, sucks to suck West Side Story that opened February 20th. Ugh. But with the shutdown on, I want to say, March 12th, they needed the Tony voters to have enough time to see have everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that one-day cutoff means there's no uh, revival of a musical category this year. So bummer, bummer. Um, sorry, West Side Story. Uh, yeah. So there were um, 18 shows, plays and musicals eligible this season. Um, I was reading today. Usually there's about 35. So smaller pool. Mm-hmm. But I get that they wanted to do this now because it's unfair to shows like um, like Slave Play, which closed as scheduled in January. Like they have to wait. 18 months plus for recognition that doesn't make sense and um like the olivia the olivier awards the london equivalent they're doing a ceremony um actually this this week i believe but then they're not doing another one until 2022 so i assume the tony awards will do the same thing we have short season and then we'll have long season when everything is right in the world and theater is fully back um which will happen yes soon one day one day putting that in the world Throwing it out there yeah. in the universe. Where, where should we start? Let's start with the nominees. Okay. Um, we'll talk musicals first because, well, first of all, you and I have not seen any of these shows. Right. Correct? Correct. Um, but we super have not seen the plays. Yeah. Um, so shout out to, well, let's well, let's talk about, because there are so many few shows, um, like the shows are nominated like crazy. So mm-hmm. Jagged Little Pill leads the pack with 15 nominations. Um Moulin Rouge is next with 14. Slave Play has 12 nominations, which I learned this week is the most nominated play ever. Wonderful. Which is very cool. So uh, Hamilton is the most nominated production ever with 16. And Hamilton and the producers tie with most wins with 11. Um, But Slave Play broke the record for most nominated play ever. Very cool. Um, Tina also has 12 nominations. The Inheritance has 11, and we go on from there. But those are the big nominees this year. And there were tons of plays, actually. So mm-hmm. musicals is very small pool, but plays um, is not. A little bit bigger. Yes, exactly. Best musical, we have Jagged Little Pill, Moulin Rouge, and Tina. What, what do you think? Well, as a true, true 90s kid, <laughs> I feel like I'm obligated to vote for Jagged Little Isn't Pill. It ironic, don't you think? Hold up, wait a second. That's actually not ironic. Right? If we're using irony as defined in Greek tragedy, I don't see how, like, a fly in your beverage applies. That's not irony, that's just, like, shitty. Please finish my piece. 
Mr. Play It Safe. Was However, I just think the like razzle dazzle behind Moulin Rouge is, you know, yeah, I just think it. that it's such a spectacle. It's such a musical. Yes. It's such a, there's so much to it. Um, that I'm going to guess Moulin Rouge. I am totally with you. And also Moulin Rouge was been open the longest. It opened in July last year. Mm-hmm. I want to say Jagged Little Pill opened December or something like that. Um, and also I think Jagged Little Pill came out the same year I was born. And in Canada, all of the radio content is 35% Canadian. Oh. So I can rattle off ironic right now if you wanted me to. Like Alanis is in my blood. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Moulin Rouge mm-hmm. for sure. Best play, we have Grand Horizons, The Inheritance, Seawall, A Life, Slave Play, and The Sound Inside. I feel like it's going to be Slave Play's day, all day long, forever. As it should be. Yeah. I feel like they, especially now. Yes. Especially how pertinent pertinent this is. Like, Slave Play should just win. Yeah. For (laughs) sure. The end. For sure. Like we said, we don't have revival of... A musical, shout out to My Heart with Company, which started previews, but did not open. We don't have to talk about the fact that you didn't get to see it. Mm. Um, but we do have a revival of a play. We have Betrayal, uh, Frankie and Johnny and the Claire de Lune, and a soldier's play. I feel like um, uh, Terrence McNally died earlier this year mm-hmm. of coronavirus, so... The play categories, when you win, it goes to the writer. So I feel oh. like giving it to Frankie and Johnny would probably yeah. be a nice way of honoring Terrence McNally that way. Right. Um, yeah. Not to mention my girl Audra was in that Not way. to mention Audra McDonald, who was nominated, but not Michael Shannon, who played opposite her. Very interesting. Interesting. Hmm. And this is going to be such an interesting year because everyone's relying on memory, especially with plays, which don't run for a long time. Right. Very frequently the plays are like, hey, we're going to be open for 15 minutes and that's it. So it very well may be, hey, we know Audra is great. Let's throw her a seventh Tony. Right. Which I'm fine with. Like, whatever. But like I said, I think it might be just the slave play show, which is totally fine and possible. Yes. Absolutely. So let's see. We have um, Best Book of a Musical, Mm. which Jagged Little Pill is the only, like, it's a jukebox musical, but the story is original. Uh Uh-huh. And the book is also written by Diablo Cody, who we know from Juno, Juno, Oscar Award winner. Mm -hmm. So could be making her way to an EGOT there, totally. But yeah, Moulin Rouge, obviously based on the movie, and Tina based on Tina Turner's life. So Mm -hmm. all those stories have to be there. There's only one original story. Right. So it it would make sense if it was Jagged Little Pill. Exactly. So, best score is an interesting category because this is the first time in Tony history there are no musicals in the best score category. It's all plays. Hmm. Because, again, or we talked about this before, but The Lightning Thief, the Percy Jackson musical, was eligible, but apparently sucked so bad that it got zero nominations. So, it was the only original score in this short season. So the other three are all jukebox musicals, and they're not music written for the theater. So. So it's all plays. So good luck to A Christmas Carol or, you know, all of these plays that exactly. I mean, I do love A Christmas Carol, and I haven't heard yes. the score for this. The Christmas, it's written by, version, but. Um, oh, I don't remember his name, but he's one of the people that wrote 
or directed The Cursed Child, oh. which also had excellent music. It was also right. nominated for Best Score, mm-hmm. so um, very possible. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about actor in a leading role in a musical. All right. So we have one nominee in this category, Aaron Tveit for Moulin Rouge. Well, this is Aaron Tveit's first Tony nomination, which I can't understand why he's not nominated for Next to Normal or Catch Me If You Can. Right. What? First of all, Next to Normal exploded and everybody wanted to be Gabe. So that's very surprising that he was not at least nominated. I know. I like, I had to go to Wikipedia. I was like, I can't believe this. Always a credible source. Um, So even though he is the only nominee, we have Mm -hmm. to say he is still only a nominee. He does not have a Tony yet. Right. Um, 60% of Tony voters have to vote for him to win. So technically 41% of voters could say, I don't want to check this box and nobody would win that category. What? A, like, imagine being Aaron You would DeVate. have to a- hate Aaron DeVate so much and, like, to not check that box. Not winning this. Like, ima- how would you, f- like, that would be an ego blow. Yes. To anybody. I can't imagine if they were like, nah. Yeah. So this does happen sometimes where there's only a single nomination in a category. Mm -hmm. Um, In 95, Sunset Boulevard was the only nominee in Best Book and Best Original Score, so they won those. And uh, in 85, there were no leading actor or leading actors in the musical categories um, at all. So I looked up that year, and it was the Big River year. So all of the actors were in supporting as opposed to leading. Um, But this is the first time ever there's only been one actor in leading actor in a musical. So Aaron Tveit has made history anyway, I suppose, for this. Right. Um, So hopefully he wins and that would be super weird if he didn't. Right. How embarrassing would that be if you were the only person and it didn't happen? Go, go, Aaron. Go, Aaron. So for leading actress in a musical, Mm -hmm. um, we have some, all of these are... Juicy. Big. So juicy. Karen Olivo for Moulin Rouge, Elizabeth Stanley for Jagged Little Pill, and Adrian Warren for Tina. I have to go with Karen. Yes. Okay. I loved her in In the Heights. Yes. She was in Hamilton, and now she's playing Satine. Like, she, yes. I love her voice. I lo- Yeah, I'm a big Karen Olivo fan. A kiss on the hand may be quite continental, but diamonds are a girl. I'm gonna go for Adrian Warren here, mostly because Karen Olivo already has a Tony right. for West Side Story, mm-hmm. and Adrian Warren played Tina uh, in London before this, and it was just really crazy reviews. She was previously nominated for Shuffle Along, 
which was a strange year because Audra did not get nominated for Shuffle Along. And mm. then there's like the whole Shuffle Along kerfuffle where she was pregnant and the Scott Rudin closed the show because they couldn't survive without Audra. And the Shuffle kerfuffle. The if Shuffle you will. kerfuffle. So I feel like um, it is. And and Tina was open again. I think it was late last year. Right. Um, but I mean, it could honestly could be any of them. And especially with the Jagged Little Pill train, I, I heard that like every actor that has, like every character that has a name in Jagged Little Pill is nominated. Right. So could be, could be anybody. Could be the year. Um, I wish I could talk more about people in a play, but I don't know anything about the plays. Well, I know. We're horrible. I know. Doing this Tony nom. Sorry. Without being like, I have a lot of experience. I know. This. No, um... If I could vote with my heart, mm-hmm. obviously I want to give Audra another Tony. Right. This is her ninth nomination, and um, it would would be her seventh win. She's already the most Tony nominated or Tony winning actor in history. And for actor in a leading role with a play, again, if I'm voting with my heart, I'd want to give it to friend of the pod Jake Gyllenhaal. Obviously, it's his first Tony nomination, and he's also uh, nominated as a producer. He's a producer on Slave Play. So Jake Gyllenhaal could have a Tony Award, right? Very possibly after this. I yeah I and there's I feel like even an actress in uh, play is a huge. There's like, some big names in there. There's some Laura Linney. I love Laura Linney. I love Audra. I love Mary Louise Parker. There really isn't a bad one in the bunch. No, not at all. Um, yeah, and then actor in a leading role in a play, Jake Gyllenhaal, Tom Hiddleston, like, yeah. that, I mean, really, um, really good big names, but obviously, like, friend of the pod, Jake Gyllenhaal has got our hearts, yes. so. And also, See You All the Life was also at the Hudson Theater, where I saw Sunny in the Park with George, starring Jake Gyllenhaal. Obviously, that's his place. It's our place. It's your place. Excuse <laughs> me. It's your place. Okay, we're gonna. I'm gonna go on to actor in a featured role in a musical. Awesome. We have Danny Burstein for Moulin Rouge, Derek Klenna for Jagged Little Pill, Sean Allen Krill for Jagged Little Pill. I'm sorry, um, Sar, Sar Ingjua for Moulin Rouge and Daniel J. Watts for Tina. If Danny Burstein doesn't win a Tony Award, I'm going insane. For this performance, for Harold Ziedler, he won uh-huh. the Drama League Distinguished Performance Award. And if you're not familiar with this award, it like, 75 people are nominated, one person wins, and you can only win once in your lifetime. And he did and it. He won it this year. So, like, for example, Ben Platt won for Evan Hansen, Lin-Manuel won for Hamilton, Audra won for Porgy and Bess, mm-hmm. uh, Patty won for Mama Rose. Obviously. If you win this... Y- you're gonna win the Tony. Right. And Danny Burstein has been nominated seven times, always a bridesmaid. It's time. Ugh, it's his time. And he he's married to Rebecca Luker, who um, has ALS, and they've been very, like, open about this, and they're fundraising so much, so I mm-hmm. feel like, you know, it would... Not that he's not deserving of it, but... Right, like, not it, only is he an excellent actor and great at his craft, he's a good 
friggin' human. Yes, exactly. So. So they're both wonderful, and I would like them that the Burstein Luker household to win a to Tony. To bring home the Tony. Yes. I do want to give a special shout out to friend of the pod, Derek Klaina. Yes. Because I do love him. And I have seen him in Dogfight, which changed my life. And that's his so. first, first Tony nom too. He wasn't nominated for Anastasia. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, uh, rarely anyone was nominated for Anastasia. So. Bless, rest in peace, Bless Anastasia. Anastasia. Um, you know, I don't mind the music from Anastasia. I, yeah, there are some good songs. Yeah, I definitely sure. did not watch the bootleg and got super bored and turned it off, but... That never happened. Never, ever. Don't I don't watch bootlegs, bootlegs ever, but ever. yeah, I, cast recording is okay. Actress in a featured role in the musical is The Jagged Little Pill Show. Mm-hmm. Catherine Gallagher, uh, Celia Rose Gooding, who's a daughter of LaShawn's. Oh. Yes. Who LaShawn's was in um, A Christmas Carol, so they were on Broadway at the same time this wow, year. Yeah. Wow. Um, Robin Herter for Moulin Rouge, Lauren Patton for Jagged Little Pill, and Myra Lucreta Taylor for, t- for Tina. So apparently, I don't really know any of these names, but Robin Herter has, I looked into her and she's been on Broadway for a really long time. And she is sort of like the featured dancer in Moulin Rouge. She does the oh. um, Roxanne tango. <gasps> and you've got to look it up. There's this video, I want to say it's on Playbill, of them sort of breaking down the Roxanne tango. Uh-huh. And it is dangerous what she goes. Like, she's being tossed around and she's in the air and she's wearing giant stilettos and would be Ta- very deserving. Like, tango in general is a dangerous dance. Like, there's that move where they, like, catch you by the neck and yes. they drop you and catch you again. Like, that is a very... yeah dangerous move and it it, it it the partner is important but the dancer is the one that's controlling all of right. that like she has to like be on her game every minute totally so i think it might be her or lauren Patton sings you ought to know in drag mm. a little pill and it apparently brings the house down it's Which very is good on the cast the recording. song yes yeah Those are my picks for that. Yes. Those are solid picks. Yes. Agree. Like we said, we don't really know very much about the play categories. So sorry, play categories. Shout out. I hope you all win because I don't know very much. Something. Um, so let's talk. This Have a short moment for the shows not eligible this mm, year. Yes. Um, so musicals, the shows that did not open in time are... Girl from the North Country, which was uh, Bob Dylan music. Mm-hmm. Six, Diana, not written about my life, though I did get mail be. from them. Um, Mrs. Doubtfire, Flying Over Sunset, Sing Street, West Side Story, Company, and Carolina Change. All As- bangers. Especially heartbreaking on this list. Um, six was, their opening night was the day Broadway shut down. Oh. Yeah. Heartbreaking. Hours away from opening. Um and in plays, we have The Minutes, Hangmen, The Lehman Trilogy, Birthday Candles, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, Plaza Suite, American Buffalo, How I Learned to Drive, and Take Me Out. 
Okay, can we have a short connection from our spooky episode, which you'll have listened to, and our mini episode? This actually comes out first. This comes out first, so we're going to talk about it now, but you'll hear it in our spooky <laughs> episode. So, the whole time I was watching The Boys in the Band, yes, all I could think about was Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. Have you ever really? read the play? I actually haven't, Okay, no. so Who's Afraid of the Virgin- Virginia Woolf is by Edward Albee, and there's a film starring Liz Taylor, right? first yes. of all. And we dissected this play in my, um, I don't remember what it's called now, one of my classes <laughs> at UND, um, and it is uncomfortable, but it's that uncomfortable, like, you can't get out of the situation mm-hmm. where, like, someone is making this so uncomfortable for someone yes. else, like, who didn't mean to enter into this party, so, like, the friend that comes for, like, the boys in the yes. band, like, and he's just made to feel awkward and uncomfortable the whole time, that's how Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf mm. is, so it's only four people, and it's George and Martha, and then Honey and her husband, and I don't remember what her husband's name, I'm very sorry, but it's, like, the George and Martha characters are just at each other's throats all night long mm. and make everything uncomfortable for everybody, and I just, like, the whole time I was watching Boys in the Band, I was, like, this could be a sister to Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. Yeah. So. Who was in that? I'm going to look it up. There was... Oh, Laurie Metcalf oh. was supposed to be in this revival. That's why it was going to be a huge show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. So, um, shout out to the shows that were eligible but not nominated for anything. Um, the Lightning Thief we talked about. And also the plays The Great Society and The Height of the Storm. Sorry. I thought for sure they'd throw The Great Society something because that's the... Sequel to All the Way, which won Brian Cranston and Tony. Ooh. But maybe that's just the Brian Cranston effect. Who's to say? Who's to say? So we don't have a date for when the Tonys will be awarded. Mm-hmm. Um, I was reading a New York Times article today that said probably December or January. Usually the nominations come out and five weeks later we have the awards. So maybe they're trying to piece together like a real ceremony with performances and things like that. But I think also they want to see what the Olivier's do this weekend, which I know are pre-recorded. But also there are two shows in London in the West End opening to audiences next month. Um, Six and everybody's talking about Jamie are reopening and the Lamest stage concert is opening in December. So they're at a very different place than us right, right now. Obviously. Um, but yeah, so hopefully we get winners soon and that really sort of revitalizes our enthusiasm about theater and reminds people that theater is still here and we're still working to make it happen and thanks for listening to our first mini so so a couple weeks ago um on our facebook page we asked you a forks friday question and the question was what's your favorite thing about theater so i just want to read some responses um you're all friends of the pod so i'm not going to say friend of the pod you because you're all friends of the pod um teresa knox says I love working with other creatives to bring the two-dimensional play to a three-dimensional stage. I love that it takes the group of artists working together and trusting one another to tell the story the playwright created. How profound is that? I know, Teresa. Can we also just take one second to give snaps to Teresa, who's a public health worker Big right snaps. now? She's a public health Big nurse. Big snaps, Teresa. And she has been busting her butt since March. Yeah. So, God bless you, Teresa, and all of your public health, fellow public health angels. <laughs> I want to say in May, I made donuts and I made too many and I put them on Facebook and Teresa came and got my extra donuts and she brought me beer in return. So, big <gasps> friend of the pod. You. Big snaps. At work, out of work. <laughs> big snaps to Teresa. Thank you. 
Also, our friends, uh, Carrie Comer said, I love that I get to lose myself in my character. I get to be as ridiculous and irreverent as I want and not be judged for it, unlike in real life. So true. I Ain't mean... it the truth? <laughs> be as ridiculous as you want to be. And Emily Johnson says, I love being with others, sharing space and energy and love. And I love how theater has the power to change you, help you think, emphasize with others, and be in community. Ugh, Emily Johnson is just like one giant beating heart. That is what she, seriously. So wonderful. In any production she's in, or in any friendship, she is the heartbeat. True. Diana, what is your favorite part of theater? On Facebook, if you look, I said, uh, my favorite thing about theater is how it gives us the ability to disconnect from the outside world for a few hours and just be present in the space we're in. I get that when I'm viewing or participating, and the feeling I get is basically the same feeling I get from meditation. Do you meditate? A little bit. <gasps> I'm That's trying. so mindful. I'm trying to just not be in... <laughs> Mindfulness is about being in your head, but I'm trying to right. not be in my head. So, yeah, I really do try to just just breathe and be in the other parts of my body for a while. And just theater totally does that. And even with virtual theater, watching it at home, I'm just, I'm, I try to create the theater experience. So I put right. my phone put somewhere phone else away. Yeah. and I'm just focused and I can just be in that place. And, and especially when you're doing theater, like I'm stage managing, I have to be ready to put out a fire at any time. Right. So it's like, I have to be there. I can't be anywhere else. So, yeah. What about you? Oh, my favorite, definitely my favorite thing about theater is creating the connection between people. Whether it's connecting, you yourself connecting with your character and like totally throwing yourself open and letting that character walk and be, like work through you personifying them on stage or connecting with your castmates and creating a meaningful relationship out of a fictional story or the connection you have with an audience member or as an audience member connecting with the story and the folks that are telling the story on stage or as a director watching your cast build their connection to one another and build their connection to the story they're telling oh yeah that's like it's all about connection for me that's that's it. Good answer. Love it. All right. Well, that's our mini episode. As things come up, I suppose maybe we'll do more if you like this. Let us know. Yeah. Let us know on Instagram, on Facebook. You can email us. Theater Forks Pod. Everything. 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 At gmail. <laughs> dot com. Thanks, friends. Until next time. Bye bye. is hosted and produced by Amy Driscoll and Diana Shabai Booker. Our theme song is composed by Connor Walgus. Visit us at facebook.com slash theaterforkspod on Instagram at theaterforkspod or email us at theaterforkspod at gmail.com. <laughs>